is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Man, do we have a lot to get to. On a Friday of all days, but we never take the foot off the gas pedal, ladies and gentlemen. I wasn't going to start with this, but I started to think about it, and I think it's crucially important. The Democrat Party just made a massive mistake. Washington Compost. Democratic Party files lawsuit alleging Russia, the Trump campaign, and WikiLeaks conspired to disrupt the 2016 campaign. Now listen to me on this. It's by Tom Hamburger. You know what? I'm in the mood for a hamburger, Mr. Producer. Rosalind S. Helderman and Ellen Nashahima. The Democrat National Committee filed a multi-million dollar lawsuit today against the Russian government, the Trump campaign, and the WikiLeaks organization alleging a far-reaching conspiracy to disrupt the 2016 campaign and tilt the election to Donald Trump. During the 2016 presidential campaign, Russia launched an all-out assault on our democracy. Found a willing and active partner in Donald Trump's campaign, DNC Chair Tom Perez said in a statement. Now, you liberals out there, you have no idea how stupid Tom Perez is. Do you know what he just did? He opened up Discovery. Discovery. Not just of the charges he and the DNC make, but Donald Trump and the others who are attacked, they're free to conduct Discovery too. Oh yeah, it's called a lawsuit. They're free to take depositions too. And if I'm Donald Trump, if I'm at these, any of these other named defendants, if I'm the Republican Party or head of it, I can't wait to conduct discovery. And let, you watch, the DNC will be going in for all kinds of protective orders. And I'll tell you what, I'd want to depose Hillary Clinton. I'd want to depose Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Donna Brazil. I'd want to get into the fusion GPS matter. Oh, yeah, they opened it up, baby. As far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, the defense in this case ought to go on offense. They ought to go on offense. And by the way, they can counterclaim. It's not necessary, but they can. Oh, they can have all kinds of fun with discovery and depositions and get to the bottom of this thing. How stupid is the Democrat National Committee? Very. This was a PR stunt. Or they're trying to smother Trump and his family and others in litigation. But ladies and gentlemen, it just backfired. It just backfired. The case asserts that the Russian hacking campaign combined with Trump Associates' contacts with Russia and the campaign's public cheerleading of the hacks amounted to an illegal conspiracy to interfere in the election that caused serious damage to the Democrat Party. Okay, you're allowed to defend yourself. And I would argue on the contrary. It was the DNC and the Clinton campaign that worked with the Russians to interfere with the election. It was the DNC and the Clinton campaign 
that put an enormous amount of money, washed it through a law firm, washed it through a lawyer, into Fusion GPS to conspire and collude with the Russians. I'm telling you, they just threw the damn door wide open. Wide open. And I just hope they're smart enough to walk through. They need a very aggressive litigator. Competent, professional, but aggressive. And they also get to have access to information. The extent to which, perhaps, the Clinton campaign and the DNC conspired with the Obama administration. Lest you forget, it's the Obama administration that didn't lift a finger to stop the Russians from interfering in our election. I am telling you, this is a goldmine. In my humble opinion. In my humble opinion, it is a goldmine. It's the least, you know, for many people, I guess, the least important issue of the day. It's not. This is at the top of the pile. This is at the top. And I would strongly encourage the president, I would strongly encourage everybody named in this case to use it as an opportunity. As an opportunity to defend yourselves by going on offense. There's a lot of people you can drag into discovery here. And they just move the... And by the way, should the DNC reach a point that, you know what, we made a mistake, let's withdraw. None of the people named as defendants in this case have to agree to withdraw. They should say, no, we don't want to withdraw. We don't want this withdrawn. We want to pursue this. Man, oh, Manischewitz. And, of course, the Washington Compost is too stupid to raise any of these points because they're cheerleaders for the DNC and, and the rest of the schlubs. And the rest of the schlubs. I was on Fox and Friends this morning. I was on Hannity last night. Talking about, among other things, these memos and so forth and so on. I've read the memos. Parts of it are blacked out. Parts of it are blacked out because they're classified. And so, Mr. Comey has condemned himself. Because he leaked these memos to a law school friend of his, as you know. The problem is, some of the memos he leaked contain classified information. That's now under investigation also by the Inspector General. Of the United of the uh, Department of Justice. This in the Wall Street Journal. At least two of the memos that former FBI Director James Comey gave to a friend outside of the government contained information that officials now consider classified, prompting a review by the Justice Department's internal watchdog. Of those two memos, Mr. Comey himself redacted elements of one that he knew to be classified to protect secrets before he handed the documents over to his friend. He determined at the time that another memo contained no classified information, but after he left the FBI, your officials upgraded it to confidential, the lowest level of classification. The Department of Justice IG is now conducting an investigation into classification issues related to Comey memos. According to a person familiar with the matter, Mr. Comey has said he considered the memos personal rather than government documents. We've talked about that. It is absurd 
when you're a government official using government equipment on government time to then claim, oh, I'm sorry, they're personal. They're not personal under any stretch, under any stretch of federal law. How are they personal? In what way are they personal? He's writing memos about meetings, self-serving as they are, with the President of the United States. In official meetings on government time, on government equipment. That's not personal. That's federal in every respect. And so they should be investigating actually more than whether or not he revealed classified information. They should be uh, investigating his purloining, stealing of government property. And Comey knows it. It's not private information. He's not free to take information like that and then give it to his buddy, his law professor. And just to show you what a fraud this is, after the fact, he says, oh, he wasn't just a law professor friend. He's my attorney. So I'm asserting attorney-client privilege. Oh, yeah, that's funny. I get an exception to that one, Comey. Yeah, we just learned about it. I didn't, but others have. The crime-fraud exception. The crime-fraud exception. You stole those memos. They didn't belong to you. You didn't even have a right to make a copy of them and take them home. You aware of that, ladies and gentlemen? Every civil servant in America knows this. But somehow James Coney doesn't know it. Of course he knows it. And so that little investigation is going on. But I thought we'd have a little bit of fun today. I thought we'd have a little bit of fun today. I, I said, you know what? Let's do this. Let me ask Mr. Producer to go back to March of 2017. When you and I went through this together, when we were trying to pull information together from newspapers and we're getting more and more information, right? We have more and more information about CNN, about the New York Times, about these media entities working with the Obama administration officials, whether in the FBI, whether in the intelligence services, We know more and more about the FISA court and how that was handled. We know more and more about the dossier. Now we have the memos. So his information is coming out, coming out, coming out. Let's go back to March 2017 when we didn't know anything. When we didn't know anything. And yet I was trying to piece this together. You were with me. We were all trying to piece this together based on public reports. They were leaking information that they had filed with the FISA court. They were unmasking people. In other words, we were trying to pull it together, piece it together, without access to any of this information. Let's see how close we came. And remember, we're not done. We're not done. Ironically, the investigation of the FBI and the intelligence services and so forth, they're ongoing. So we're not done, but let's see how close we came a little over a year ago. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. Cut, I guess it is, cut eight. Go. The evidence is overwhelming. This is not about President Trump's tweeting. This is about the Obama administration's spying. And the question isn't whether it's spied. We know they went to the FISA court twice. The question is, who did they spy on? The extent of the spying, that is, The Trump campaign, the Trump transition, Trump surrogates. And I want to walk you through this, the American people. Exhibit one, exhibit one. This is all public. Head Street, two separate sources with links to the counterintelligence community have confirmed that the FBI sought and was granted a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act 
court, this is spying, uh, in October, giving counterintelligence permission to examine the activity of, quote, U.S. persons in Donald Trump's campaign with ties to Russia. Let me go on. This isn't me. They say the first FISA request, sources say, named Trump, was denied back in June, denied by the court. Mm -hmm. But the second was drawn more narrowly and was granted in October after evidence was presented of a server possibly related to the Trump campaign and its alleged links to two banks. Now, sources suggest that a FISA warrant was granted to look at the full content of emails and other related documents that may concern U.S. persons. Now, I know people are hung up with Trump's word wiretapping. Well, how'd they get access to this server information? Does it really matter if it was wiretapping, electronic surveillance, or whatever it was? Exhibit 2, The Guardian, a well-known right-wing British paper. Here it is. Uh, quote, The Guardian has learned the FBI applied for a warrant from the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court over the summer in order to monitor four members of the Trump team suspected of irregular contacts with Russian officials. Keep in mind, this is during a presidential election. The sitting president, the incumbent party, is now investigating the presidential candidate of the Republican Party and his campaign to some extent. The FISA court turned down the application asking FBI counterintelligence investigators to narrow its focus. According to one report, the FBI was finally granted a warrant in October. Exhibit 3, McClatchy, another well-known right-wing newspaper. Here they have the agency's headline, FBI Five other agencies, five other Obama administration agencies probe possible covert Kremlin aid to Trump. The FBI and five other law enforcement intelligence agencies have collaborated for months in an investigation into Russian attempts to influence the November election, including whether money from Kremlin uh, covertly aided presidential-elect Donald Trump. Two people familiar with the matter said the agencies involved in the inquiry are the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the Justice Department, the Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, and representatives of the Director of the National Intelligence. Are you telling me Barack Obama didn't know what was Mark, going on in six go, agencies? As you hold go on, on, hold on, how are hold you on. Okay, keep going. I'm not done. I need to make the case because the media seems to be confused about their own reporting. New York Times, another well-known liberal outlet, intercepted Russian communications part of inquiry into Trump associates January 19. The FBI is leading the investigations aided by the NSA, the CIA, Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Unit. The investigators have accelerated their efforts in recent weeks, but have found no exclusive, uh, conclusive evidence of wrongdoing. Listen to this. One official said intelligence reports based on some of the wiretap communications have been provided to the White House. This is the New York Times. Another right-wing outlet. Four. Another right-wing outlet. Let's yeah. continue. <laughs> New York Times again, NSA gets more latitude to share intercepted communications. In the final days of the Obama administration, uh, the administration has expanded the power of the NSA to share globally intercepted personal communications with the government's 16 other intelligence agencies before applying privacy protections. Now, why would they do this on the way out the door? Well, March 1, Exhibit 6, Obama administration rushed to preserve intelligence of Russian election hacking. In the Obama administration's last days, listen to this, some White House officials scrambled to spread information about Russian efforts to undermine the presidential election and about possible contacts between associates of President-elect Trump and Russians across the government. I'm not done. <laughs> Exhibit 7, 
New York Times. Flynn is said to have talked to Russians about sanctions. Trump took office. Well, where'd they get this information? Well, Mark, you know, the FISA court, they're always monitoring the, uh, the uh, Russian ambassador. And so how do we know that? Maybe they are, maybe they're not. But there's an awful lot of other activity. Sure. Here we have Washington Post. One more. Washington Post, March 2nd. U.S. investigators have examined contacts Attorney General Sessions had with Russian officials during the time he was advising Donald Trump's campaign. The focus of the U.S. counterintelligence investigation has been on communication between Trump campaign officials mm -hmm. in Russia. Listen to this. The inquiry involving Sessions is examining his contacts while serving as Trump's foreign policy advisor in the spring and summer of 2016. This has been going on for a year. is imploding and the prior senior corrupt management at the FBI is all imploding. The other chunk of this that will need to be addressed, of course, is the intelligence side. And then when that's addressed, it leads right into the Oval Office. It takes time. If the Democrats take the House or the Senate, it's going to be much more difficult. But the fact of the matter is, slowly but surely, I hope, I believe we're going to get to the bottom of this. The outline that I gave before we knew much was pretty accurate. I've got a little bit more when we return. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Liberty's Voice, Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. Let's complete the uh, discussion on Fox and Friends weekend uh, a year ago. Just about another minute, minute and a half, excuse me, minute and a half, cut nine, go. How confident are you that this new this investigation, which was on Russian so-called Russian hacking, but now the White House says this morning will be broadened to looking into executive overreach? How confident Look, are you clear. they will find something there? I don't know, but they already found something. The issue isn't whether the Obama administration spied on the Trump campaign or transition or certain of its surrogates. The issue is the extent of it. Mm -hmm. They went into court a second time. They were so aggressive. They waited four or five months. They go back in October, weeks before the general election. They narrow their request. All of a sudden, we have leaks coming out on Flynn. Then we have a, oh, a horrible meeting that took place between Sessions and so forth. And I'm telling you, as a former chief of staff to an attorney general of the United States in the Reagan administration, 
These are police state tactics. Now, what did Barack Obama know? He knew everything I just read to you apart, apart from one or two articles. You know how I know? It's in the newspapers. It's right there. So Barack Obama not only knew this, but he gets a daily intelligence briefing. And let me tell you something about daily intelligence briefings. If your attorney general and your FBI is going to the FISA court yep. to get a warrant to investigate aspects of an opposition party in the middle of a general election campaign, how much you want to bet the president of the United States knew that? I don't want to Read bet his you opinion. on that. Now, we knew the president, or we know the president knew about the dossier. Uh, because shortly before he left office, there was a big meeting in his office about it. With Sally Yates, the acting attorney general and a leftist. With Susan Rice, who wrote the after-the-fact email to the record. The president said, do it by the book, which means he didn't. Comey was in the meeting, and others were in the meeting. As they were conspiring. You see, the Hillary Clinton campaign and the Democrat National Committee paid for this dossier. The Russians participated in the information in the dossier. They put information in the dossier that was intended to effect the election and assist Hillary Clinton. The Clinton campaign and the DNC tried to launder the money through a law firm and a lawyer and then through Fusion GPS and then to a, an ex-foreign agent, British agent, in order to conceal their role in it and violate campaign finance laws. That dossier wound up in the hands of the CIA director, Brennan, who's one of the most radical partisan CIA directors I've ever heard of or seen in my life. And of course, uh, he voted for a communist when he was in college. He uh, could never get clearance today, I wouldn't think. So the CIA director had it, and he was very anxious to get it out. And he had a meeting with Harry Reid, where he shared information from the dossier. And Harry Reid wrote a infamous letter, as the New York Times reported at the time, to Comey, saying, hey, you got to investigate this Russian connection. Brennan was pressing, pressing Comey. Meanwhile, Comey really didn't need to be pressed, because over at the highest levels of the FBI, the knives were out for Trump. Candidate Trump, transition Trump, President Trump. Comey didn't want Trump. Family now we know is filled with liberal Democrats. McCabe didn't want Trump. We know all about his family and so forth. And others. Stroke, the head of counterintelligence, his girlfriend, the general counsel, Page, and it goes on and on. So the senior levels of the FBI were in the Obama camp. They didn't need to be prodded by Harry Reid or the CIA director. Hell, they were thinking about hiring Christopher Steele, who wrote the dossier. They didn't need pressing at all. They turned around and used that information to get a FISA warrant, except they never told the judge that it was nothing more than paid-for opposition research. 
uh, the Clinton campaign and the Democrat National Committee. So the intelligence services led by Brennan and James Clapper, who also wanted the dossier out in the public, the National Intelligence Director, the CIA Director, the FBI Director, the Deputy FBI Director, all used the dossier paid for by the Clinton campaign and the DNC. Stick with me. I'm making it as simple and putting it as plain English as I know how. And then they have a meeting in the White House over it. What are they going to tell Trump about the dossier? What are they going to tell Trump? I commented on this six days ago when Comey clips were coming out with his first interview with Democrat Clinton war room former aide George Stephanopoulos on ABC. Stick with me each point and you'll you'll understand this completely. Let's go ahead and play that, Mr. Producer. I'm not familiar with the number here. I'm looking for it, but let's see. Uh, Do you have it? Cut five, go. You're sitting here briefing the incoming president of the United States about prostitutes in Moscow. Well, why did you do it? He didn't ask you to do it. It was a setup by the Clinton camp. You've been hearing this word setup all day today. We here on the Levin Show, we always knew this was a setup. We always knew this was a setup. We've talked about it multiple times. That he goes in there, he doesn't give the entire dossier to the president. He doesn't tell the president, we now learn through this interview, who funded it. But he goes to the most scurrilous accusations in there. Not just a setup to try and get the president to overreach and quote-unquote obstruct justice. But blackmail. But blackmail, to set up a blackmail situation where Comey is trying to let the president know, look what we have on you. Notice he doesn't say who funded it. He doesn't say we know this with certainty. He just dangles it out there. And he knows it's upsetting the president. Because it's scurrilous. It would upset anybody. (laughs) So he keeps it hanging out there. He knows it's a lie. He knows who paid for that. But he doesn't tell the president either. He just says, look what we have. Cleared the room for added drama. Should have given the president the entire dossier and told him who funded it. But he couldn't. Do you know why? Because it was used for the FISA warrant. They couldn't tell the president what they didn't tell a federal judge. And they wanted the president to lash out. They wanted the president to do something. They wanted the president, Comey did, to quote-unquote obstruct justice. And yet, that's not what he did. He said, if anybody in my orbit, paraphrasing, is involved in any kind of collusion or interference, let's find out who it is, even if it's a close satellite to me. The president did... The stand-up thing, the principled thing. He didn't interfere at all. Go ahead. ENC and the wash-through through that law firm and then Fusion GPS. 
Christopher Steele onto the Russians? Trump is the victim here. You're, you're going in there, you're giving him the most salacious stuff that's in the dossier, and then you're mocking him for his response. Oh, it was surreal, you know. I was floating above it, floating above myself, looking down, saying, you're briefing the incoming president of the United States about prostitutes in Moscow? You idiot. Go ahead. January 27th. At a private dinner in the White House, President Trump raises the issue again. Says he may want me to investigate it to prove that it didn't happen. And then he says uh, something that distracted me because he said, you know, if there's even a 1% chance my wife thinks that's true, that's terrible. Now, let's just he wants him to investigate it because he knows it's BS and he still doesn't know the president of the United States. Now it's January 27th. Where this came from. Comey knows where it came from. And so you're the president of the United States now. Weeks have passed. This still is bothering you that, that these allegations were made, brought to you by the FBI director. You said you need to investigate that and find out what the hell's going on. If there's a 1% chance my wife thinks that's true, it's terrible. And he finds, again, Trump's comments outrageous. Go ahead. And I, and I remember thinking... How could your wife think there's a 1% chance you were with prostitutes peeing on I don't know, pal, but you seem to refuse to dismiss it. Go ahead. I'm a flawed human being, but there's literally zero chance that my wife would think that was true. So what kind of marriage? Yeah, well, what well kind a of lot of us might think, think it's true. There's only a 99% chance you didn't do that. And I said to him, sir, when he started talking about it, I may order you to investigate that. I said, sir, that's up to you, but you'd want to be careful about that because it might create a narrative that we're investigating you personally and now second- now stop please I'm, I'm live here so you see how they box in trump and he's getting frustrated it's a lie it's paid for by the clinton campaign and the dnc he never reveals that to the president because the president's reaction would be quite different wouldn't it his reaction would be you better investigate those ca- that campaign and those people and find out how the hell this wound up at the fbi but comey couldn't Because Comey was part of the conspiracy. Comey was doing the work of the DNC and so forth and so on. So he couldn't very well say, look, you know who paid for this? Not only did the Clinton campaign and the DNC pay for this, he couldn't say that, but we used it to get a warrant. How do you like that? And we're the source of the leaks. How do you like that? We in the CIA... Go ahead. Very difficult to prove something didn't happen. So, so p- put yourself in Trump's position. What's he supposed to do? He's saying, investigate this. It's dishonest. It's not true. Oh, well, you know, if we investigate this, people will think we're investigating you. So here you have this noxious allegation that is sitting there that Comey brought to the president-elect. It's still sitting there when he's president of the United States. And he wants it addressed because he's being wronged by somebody. And And let me stop now. That's enough. I'm here live. Funded by the Clinton campaign, funded by the DNC, with Russian input, pushed by the CIA director, pushed by the director of national intelligence, pushed by the FBI director, pushed by the deputy director of the FBI, by the way, pushed by the attorney general of the United States, the deputy attorney general of the United States, All of them have to sign off on FISA warrants. Pushed into the media. 
I mean, after all, Fusion GPS is owned and run by former reporters for the Wall Street Journal, using their connections to get the information out. Brennan using his connections to get information out, including Harry Reid. We know that they're leakers at the top of the FBI. We don't know exactly everything they've leaked, ladies and gentlemen. We know a little bit. That's where they've been caught. Comey pushes his memos out, leaks them. Because he wants a special counsel to get Trump. There's no criminal basis to get Trump. Trump is the victim. Trump is the target of the espionage. He's the target of these bad cops, as I keep calling them. And yet, there's a special counsel appointed to investigate Trump. Now, as we've discussed here at some length, starting over a year ago, this has been a setup since day one. A setup since day one. That's the word I've used. That's the word I'll continue to use. Since day one. And we know the whole story related to not the entire setup, but the dossier. Now look how they sat on these Comey memos for months and months and months, withheld them from members of Congress. Why? They could have redacted the classified information that Comey leaked illegally earlier. Why did they withhold these memos for all this time? They withheld the memos all this time because they support the president. They support the president. The New York Times and the Washington Post and others have done their best to twist these memos into something. They're nothing. There's no collusion in there. There's no obstruction in there. There's no conspiracy in there. There's nothing. There's the opposite. He wants to get to the bottom of it. He wants to get to the bottom of this prostitute stuff. He wants to get to the bottom of any collusion that they keep throwing around at him. Says, get to the bottom of it. Find out what the hell's going on. That's what he's saying. This has been a setup from day one, and they're not done. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Here's some exciting news. You know, Simply Safe is a company that's been around for many years. They've transformed into the fastest-growing home security company in the nation. Now, they protect over 2 million people. And while they just released their brand-new home security system, the all-new Simply Safe, this system has been completely rebuilt and redesigned. They've added new safeguards to protect against power outages, downed Wi-Fi, cut landlines, bats and hammers, and everything in between. The all-new Simply Safe was redesigned to be practically invisible. With powerful sensors so small, you'll hardly notice them. Now, you know who will notice them? Intruders. Because Simply Safe spent years building this system. They added so much, but you still get the same fair and honest price. 24-7 professional protection for only $15 a month. And with Simply Safe, there are no long-term contracts. This new system is smaller, faster, and stronger than anything they've built before. 
But supply is very limited, and I know this for a fact. So please go to simplysafemark.com right now to order your system. That's simplysafemark.com to protect your home and family today. Simplysafemark.com. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm quite serious about this. The time to get a system like Simply Safe is not after the fact, it's before the fact. You really need to protect yourselves in this country. You really do. So I want to strongly encourage you to do what the Levin family has done. It comes in a box. It's easy. I don't even like the word install. It's actually fun. It took me 25 minutes, which means it'll take you 15 to 20. I'm all thumbs when it comes to this sort of stuff. But it was simple. I felt a great accomplishment. And you can protect your family. That's simplysafemark.com. Simplysafemark.com. It's Friday. Now's the time to do it. We will have a little bit more on this to cover in the next hour, as well as some other things. The president has just tweeted out, North Korea has agreed to suspend all nuclear tests and close up a major test site. It's very good news for North Korea and the world. Big progress. Look forward to our summit. Part of the problem here is what North Korea is doing now in terms of its weaponry doesn't really need a test site and that they don't really need to test nukes. But that said, let's listen to the Democrats praise the president, huh? What do you think? Think they'll praise him? No, they won't. They just assume North Korea get functional nukes, put them on ICBMs, then Donald Trump get any credit for anything. And that's the truth. I'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, I got a very nice letter today I wanted to tell you about. Um, and really, I certainly wasn't expecting this. It's not like I'm monitoring these things. And the letter was dated yesterday. And it says, on behalf of the 2018 nominating committee of the National Radio Hall of Fame, I'm honored to inform you of your nomination for induction this year. Earlier this month, the nominating committee convened to review their selections for nomination in 2018 and chose to nominate you in recognition of your many years of on-air success and the audience relationship you've enjoyed. It says, you've been nominated in a category that will be voted upon by the listening public. You'll appear as one of our nominees in the spoken word on-air personality category. On June 4, 2018... Radio listeners will be encouraged to cast their vote by either a text message number or an email address submission. A radio listener may vote once in each form, via text or email, with Votum.com tabulating the votes as monitored by the accounting firm of Miller, Kaplan, and Arrays. And then on June 25, 2018, the class of 2018 inductees to the National Radio Hall of Fame will be announced along with the voting results. So the voting starts on June 4th. Is that how you take this, Rich? 
So, so I will, very modestly, I must say, I will remind you of this. And um, I'm, I'm great, greatly honored. However this on, ends up, I've never, you know, contemplated uh, being nominated, quite frankly. So I have been on the radio now almost 16 years, right? I started out for 14 months on Sundays on WABC, noon to 2. The program director at WABC was Phil Boyce, a dear friend of mine. And he said, look, I think you'd be great in radio. But we don't have any money. Or at least they won't give me any money. I've got a slot if you'd like to try it out. Noon to 2 on WABC. And I jumped at it. Because I said to myself, can you imagine that? I'm going to get a shot at radio on the biggest station in America and the biggest city in America. Why wouldn't I do that? So that's what I did. And living in Northern Virginia, I would go down to Washington, D.C., to the ABC headquarters, because at that time the uh, radio stations were owned by the ABC Radio Network. And I would do my radio show. And after 14 months, I decided to retire. And uh, then they contacted me and they said, look, you've doubled our ratings from 12 to 2 on Sunday. We'd like to give you a shot at 6 p.m. I said, okay, I can do one hour because I have another job. They said, okay, do one hour. They had tried other hosts, many of whom you know, and I'm not going to embarrass them, but they tried many others. And this is why I have a personal affinity and affection for the people of New York. They're the ones who launched me. People try to work their way up to get on New York radio. I started at New York radio, and I succeeded thanks to the people of New York, even though I'm from Philadelphia. And was living in Virginia. And so uh, that one hour was so strong that they asked me if I would do two hours. And I agreed to that. And then they asked, I'll tell you, if this interests you, maybe not. Minding my own business, I was doing my two hours on WABC in New York. And uh, Phil Boyce comes to me, again, our program director at WABC, and he says, look... Uh, WBAP in Dallas, which is another massive station, as you folks in Dallas-Fort Worth know, it's another 50,000-watt station like WABC. Uh, Their host is sick for a couple of days. Do you mind if we simulcast you for two or three days? I said, sure, why not? I was totally naive as to what they were up to. And the program director at that time is another good friend of mine, Bob Shump, and... uh, I did that, and he told Boyce, we've rarely had a reaction like this, almost never. And so they said, we'd like to run you in Dallas, too. I said, okay, great. Then they decided they wanted to try and syndicate me. And we needed to increase it from two hours to three hours. I said, all right, this is going to have to be a major career change now. I said, let's do it. 
And that's what we've been doing ever since. Three hours syndicated throughout the country. When we moved into the South, I was told, you won't work in the South. You're too New York. I said, I'm not from New York. I'm from Philadelphia. But I will work in the South. I'll work everywhere. We've had massive success in the South, the Southwest, the Southeast, the West, the Midwest, New England, the Atlantic states, whatever. Because if you believe in America, and we're all patriots, and you believe in the principles of our founding, and uh, you're substantive, hopefully compelling, hopefully entertaining, doesn't matter what part of the country you're from. doesn't work that way. doesn't matter how old you are. In this time slot, ladies and gentlemen, other major broadcast companies have thrown, we counted, what, seven different hosts at me over the years. They've never succeeded. And we have partnerships with a lot of these great companies, too. My company is Cumulus Westwood One, the Westwood One Radio Network. And uh, we work very, very well with so many other, other wonderful broadcast companies, iHeart, Entercom, Salem, and so forth. And so a great deal of my audience is on platforms that are not owned by the company that I work for. And they are wonderful affiliates. Then we were approached by this new technology called satellite radio. And we embrace that. I embrace all the new technologies. Then they said, we have an idea. Let's make a Mark Levin app. I said, let's go for it. And iHeartRadio said, we'd like to run you on our app too. I said, let's go for it. Then we set up our platform and technology to handle iPod downloads. I said, let's go for it. The more platforms, the better. And that's how we built the program, just so you know. That's how we built the program. And uh, it seems like yesterday. I love doing radio. It's because I'm so blessed by you. A smart audience. I don't care how many degrees you have or if you have no degrees. You're smart. You love your country. You want to know what's going on. You know, it's like the starting of Levin TV. Just bear with me a few more minutes. It's like starting Levin TV. I met in my living room with a great patriot. A great patriot. Who made an enormous amount of money in a completely different business and decided to sell it and get out of it. And uh, this great patriot, Carrie Katz. And he came to my home, and we sat in the living room, and we threw around different business models and ideas on what we would do and what we could do. And he said, do you want to do this? I said, yeah, let's do it. We were blocked from satellite TV. We were blocked from cable TV. We were blocked by Netflix. We were blocked, blocked, blocked. And he said, well, let's do this on our own. Let's build our own studios. Let's build our own platform. Let's just do this on our own. And that's how Levin TV started. 
And now we have a wonderful network called Conservative Review TV. That's CRTV.com with at least a dozen wonderful hosts for you to watch anytime you want. Because he's a patriot. Then I was approached this summer by the folks at Fox, who are also wonderful people. And they said to me, we would like to bring you on our network. Well, obviously, folks, I can only do so much. So we had a wonderful chat I did with Mr. Murdoch and Suzanne Scott and other wonderful people. And I'm not going to get into all the particulars, but they couldn't have been nicer. And so what I suggested is a one-hour show on Sunday where I could do an interview, a long-form interview. And they agreed completely. And then over at CRTV, Levin TV, I needed their permission to do this show on Fox. And they gave me the permission to do it. And so that's how we started Levin TV, CRTV. That's how I came to Fox. But the radio is the hub of everything. It's the hub. Even as a little kid, it's what I wanted to do. I know it sounds weird to people. Even my friends didn't know this. But I used to sit in those radio studios in Philadelphia. I used to listen in Philadelphia on my bedside. I have that transistor radio from Radio Shack. I would listen to Bob Grant. I'd listen to local Philadelphia hosts. Irv Homer. Many others. Um, But anyway, uh, that's kind of the long and short of it. And a lot of people don't last in this business for a lot of reasons. It's a lot of work. They get bored. They mail it in. The audience gets sick of them. And they're under constant attack. Constant attack by these Stalinist-like organizations funded by millionaires and billionaires who want to take us out. And it's every day, ladies and gentlemen. It's every day. I look at my dear friend, Sean Hannity, They so desperately want to knock him off Fox. They so desperately want to knock him off radio. They've been doing this to Rush for 20 years. We all take a turn here where they they trash our families. They trash our business activities. They they try and create scandal and, and ethics issues and on and on and on. They truly want to take us out. They have no interest in engaging us. And you know... We're all there is. There isn't anything else. When you look at CNN and MSNBC and CBS and NBC and ABC, when you look at satellite TV, pretty much the rest of cable TV, this is it. Look at them going after Sinclair Media Broadcasting right now. All they want to do is expand and, I guess, create another conservative network. You've got senators trying to destroy them. You've got lawyers in the antitrust division trying to stop them. You've got other media outlets self-servingly, hypocritically, trying to attack them and destroy them. These are very, very dangerous times for this country. Very dangerous times for free speech and freedom of the press. And independent thinkers. Very dangerous. When I do this program, just so you know, and it's the same with the other big guys. When I do this program, we are monitored by left-wing organizations like Media Matters. Media Matters is a Democrat 
operation dressed up as a nonpartisan operation. And they hang on every, every syllable. And if you say something mistakenly or something you didn't mean to say or something they disagree with, they seek to destroy you. Absolutely destroy you. And, and they're not alone. But this is basically their mission. Look at Laura Ingram. Look at what they tried to do to her. Her tweet wasn't so offensive. We've talked about this on here two or three times. It wasn't so offensive. Whether you agree with it or not. And yet, you have this David Hogg who tried to destroy her, but he on his own can't destroy her. MoveOn.org, Media Matters, Think Progress, all these left-wing kook organizations jumped in, saw an opportunity, sought to exploit it, and sought to destroy her. And she withstood it. And she withstood it. It's conservatives who believe in freedom of the press. It's conservatives who believe in free speech. It's conservatives who believe in academic freedom. Conservatives who are confident in our principles, our beliefs, our debating skills. And yet when you look at college campuses, when you look at television, when you look at radio, it's shrinking, 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 shrinking. That's why it's crucially important that you stand behind people who you like listening to, who you enjoy listening to, who you may share values with, because if you don't, we're going to be gone. Anyway, it's an enormous honor. I want to thank the folks at the Radio Hall of Fame. I'm one yet. I'm a nominee. And most of all, I want to thank you, my audience, because none of this, clearly none of this is possible without you. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. in Trenton, Florida, and I don't want us to lose focus on this, as reported by Fox 51, two young deputies, that is deputy sheriffs, in Gilchrist County, Florida, were murdered in broad daylight yesterday afternoon. Investigators are calling it a senseless act of violence. Sergeant Noel Ramirez, 29, and Deputy Taylor Lindsay, 25, were just sitting down for lunch at the Ace China Restaurant in Trenton, Florida, when a lone gunman approached the window and fired two shots, killing them instantly. So this animal goes right up to the window and executes these two officers, two young men. Bullet holes could be seen in the window with a man without a motive opened fire. They were ambushed with no chance to return, fire investigators say. Murdered in cold blood. The gunman was found dead in the parking lot. You know, we in this audience, you don't need reminding about these wonderful, wonderful men and women in uniform who protect us every day and every night. But apparently politicians do, particularly leftists. Andrew Cuomo the other day gave a horrendous speech. 
a, a speech that was sought to incite racism and hate. And he was bragging about a special unit, cops, cop killers unit. Not a unit to investigate killers of cops. A unit to investigate cops who are forced to kill. We wish those families all the best. God bless. This is the Octagon of Talk Radio, the Mike Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. You know, there are days, like I'm sure uh, many of you feel, you're sick of all this stuff. You just want to break from it. But here's the problem, folks. This is the greatest scandal, if not in American history, in modern American history. It involves unconstitutional espionage unconstitutional conduct by a secret court, in my view, unconstitutional conduct by the highest levels of law enforcement in the federal government. We just can't turn the other cheek. We can't turn our back to this. And when there's compelling and material information that comes out as a result of very hard work by a lot of people, whether it's a member or two or a committee of Congress, or legal foundation, or news organization. Uh, to ignore it is to ignore it at our own peril. I don't like coming behind the microphone so often, having to talk about these things. It's very negative. It's very dark. But it's happening. It's actually happening. And this is how a society loses its liberty. This is how a people lose their liberty. It's, it just slips away. If Mr. Comey had gotten away with what he was doing, Mr. McCabe had gotten away with what he was doing, if Mr. Brennan, Mr. Clapper had gotten away with this, where would we be today? The Democrat Party has already surrendered to the temptations of tyranny. It has become increasingly aggressive and myopic about its purpose and its existence. The Democrat Party no longer exists to promote American principles. The Democrat Party exists to destroy them. And you must destroy them. You must destroy Americanism in order to advance the cause of progressivism. Now, there used to be debates within the Democrat Party on this. There really aren't anymore. They really aren't. There's some outliers, but that's it. The Republican Party benefits from conservatives and yet rejects conservatism. I don't think they reject Americanism. I don't think they've given it that much thought. I don't think they embrace, you know, the progressive radical ideology but I do think in many respects they're progressives. So their motivation is somewhat relevant, but not completely. They had an opportunity to eliminate Obamacare. John McCain saved Obamacare single-handedly. John McCain. I wish him well, but that's what he did. That's what he did. 
you know, have food stocks on hand or wait days, even weeks for help to arrive, you know. Those are the two realities many will experience during this year's hurricane and wildlife seasons. Wildlife, wildfire seasons. If something unexpected strikes, like an earthquake or a power grid attack, many more could get caught in the fray. Wouldn't you prefer the reality, you know, where you're prepared with things uh, while there's calm? Do so by securing food storage today. My Patriot Supply has a great food kit to get you started, just as they've helped millions for over a decade now, and I use them too. Look, this isn't some crazy conspiracy theory stuff. You've seen what's happened in hurricane season. You've seen what happens when these fires get out of control, these wildfires. You've seen what happens with floods. Where's FEMA? Where's FEMA? Where's this? Where's that? Well, they'll get there eventually. With emphasis on the word eventually. They do their best. But like anything else, you need to prepare yourself. My Patriot Supply has a great food kit to get you started. Just as they've helped millions for over a decade now. And, and we use them too. This week, get their four-week emergency food supply for only $99. Four weeks. Plus, it's ship-free and discreetly to your door. Here's how you take action immediately. While, while you're listening to me, now's the time to act. 800-294-2325. Or use this special website we set up, preparewithmark.com. Now, the food lasts 25 years in storage. It actually tastes quite good. How do I know? Because I've eaten it. That's how I know. It's your responsibility to make sure every family member has one. Only 99 bucks for 28 days. 800-294-2325. 800-294-2325. Or preparewithmark.com. Preparewithmark.com. I hope you'll do this. I really do. Because it really doesn't cost that much. You'll have peace of mind. And should something terrible happen, you'll be prepared. At least you'll have food. And that's an important thing. Let's take some calls here. All right, I'm working on it. Damn computer's all screwed up. Sandra, Cove, Oregon, the great KXLY. Go. Mark, congrats on your nomination. If I get a chance, I certainly will be putting in for you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, my husband's a state trooper with Oregon, and my heart and love go out to our family in Florida. Yeah, sad. Uh, bless the little hearts. Anyway, you, sir, are fired up. Last night yeah. on Kennedy, oh my heavens, and today I was like doing cartwheels. It's like early Christmas, and today you finally connected those dots that I've been saying for a long time. This is about blackmail. Mm-hmm. And I think had they not, had Trump not gotten into the office, we would still be seeing the same scenario. It would just be with a Rubio or Cruz or someone else. I think they wanted Hillary so bad that they were setting this up for whoever. But Sandra, here, here's the difference. I really believe this. Trump fights back. He's even tweeting tonight. It drives them nuts. Yep. Trump fights back and they don't want somebody who fights back. They want somebody who rolls over. Yeah, yeah. And and just listening to Comey now, just the way he sits and the way he words is his sentencing structure, 
he tried several times to get Trump to fall into the blackmail uh, circle, and Trump mm-hmm. refused to go there. And it, there's a book that was put out by a retired FBI guy called Spy the Lie. And if you read that book, your life will be changed on how you watch politicians and these people mm-hmm. answer questions. It, it will. How, how would you, when you watch Comey now, and I don't know why you would, but when you do, how would you describe the man? Sneaky, perhaps. Uh, mm-hmm. Very. His, well, his well let's use some words that we wouldn't use. Honorable? No. Wise? No. Good temperament? Nope. Serious? <laughs> exactly, the opposite. Self-serving? Yeah. Yeah, he's... He's just every everything you would not everything you would not want in someone who is in the law enforcement business. Does it concern it, you that somebody like him held such powerful positions and could have such so much power over the lives of individuals? It bother, it concerns me. Oh, it it makes me sick. It makes my soul sick. And and by the way, McCabe says that that. Comey's not telling the truth that Comey did did know about his authorizing leaks, and Comey says it's not. Uh, you know what? Uh, for no other reason than I've been watching Comey, I I suspect that McCabe is right about a Comey. That that Comey's probably lying. I think they're all. They can't throw each other under the bus fast enough. Mm-hmm. That's just the way. The and Loretta thing. Lynch says that Comey. It, she does oh, yeah. in so many words that he's lying. I mean, it seems to me like we had an FBI director that had a problem telling the truth. Yeah, I think they all have a problem telling the truth. And like I said, when when you watch these people get their question and the way they answer it, <clears throat> they're they're covering things up. You watch the wording. You watch the posture. They're they're not being direct in an answer. They're just covering things, and it's all coming out. And the fact that the DNC now is suing Russia, that'll go nowhere. Yeah, amazing. Maybe. But now we're open to discovery, right? I I pointed that out, didn't I? They're open to discovery in a significant way. Uh, And by the way, my best to your husband, the state trooper. You take care of yourself. Now, ladies and gentlemen. I've been giving this a little bit of thought as we move from subject to subject. We have another student protest we did today, an all-day protest um, against gun violence, but much of it was gun control. Gun control. Let me ask you a question. These young people who are, who are marching, and it's not the vast majority of the young people in the country or in these schools, but these young people who are marching, How many of them actually want to do something about gun violence? How many of them are prepared to become police officers? I'm quite serious. How many of them are prepared to become police officers? To protect those of us who they don't believe should own weapons? Is it a significant percentage? I doubt it. How many of them are prepared to volunteer for the military? Is it a significant percentage? I doubt it. You get my point? Protesting against guns are these young people thinking about professions 
where they can actually protect the community? Are they? And if they are, why don't they say so? Instead, what's happened here, ladies and gentlemen, is the left has hijacked this uh, movement as such as it is. The left has hijacked this movement such as it is. How many of the young people marching want to be prison guards? I'm serious. How many want to be prison guards? How many want to be U.S. Marshals? How many want to work for the DEA or the FBI? How many want to work for local law enforcement? How many want to volunteer for the military? It's easy to march and speak out for gun control. And to berate politicians who don't do what you want them to do. Or talk show hosts. It's quite another to redirect your life. If these are life-changing events, and in many cases they are. Redirect your life to protecting people. I throw that out there for your consideration. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I mentioned to you earlier, Levin TV and CRTV. It's been a big past uh, few weeks for the social media elites. We've seen these uh, companies dealing with privacy and data issues. And uh, we're just getting started at uh, seeing how they conduct themselves. These tech giants are using the revenue they get from you to further their liberal agendas. Now, we can't change them. I'm just being honest with you. But there is something we can do. Are you going to sit back or are you going to finally say, you know what? Enough of this is enough. And join the platform where conservative hosts are headed in droves. When we started Levin TV, we knew it was going to be a good show, a place where conservatives could ask the tough questions and find answers. What we didn't know was that it was going to start a revolution in conservative media every day. We're providing a platform for conservative voices that the liberal mainstream media won't allow on their networks. We're providing a home for free thought and the exchange of ideas. But that means we can't get lazy and allow liberal advertisers to fund it. So it's up to you. And I want to give you a couple incentives to join us, okay? Try us out for 30 days absolutely free. That's number one. Number two. Use promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, and you'll save $10 off an annual pass. It's normally $99. It'll be $89. That's like 7 bucks 5 a month. $89. You pay twice that much for cable TV. We have great hosts. LEVIN TV itself, it's a great show. Give us a call, 844-LEVIN-TV. That's 844-L-E-V-I-N-TV. Our folks are there right now. They'll get you set up. It's very easy and get you started. That's 844-LEVIN-TV. Also, please join us this Sunday, Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Pacific. I have a very, very excellent guest and a very, very excellent program with Dr. Peter Pry. 
If you don't know who Dr. Peter Pry is, go ahead and Google his name. But he is, in my view, the foremost expert in the country on this electrical grid. And you might say, you know what, that's kind of focused. That's kind of myopic. It's actually not. If you think about electricity, what we do with electricity, can we survive without electricity, and how vulnerable our electrical grid is. And so we're going to do something a little different in this program. We'll provide a little bit more graphics and so forth so you can see how this works and what the grave threat is. And you may recall the Russians. The Russians have been trying to get into our grid to control it for the purpose of warfare one day and shutting it down. What happens if it shuts down? Can we just pick it up in three or four hours? Three or four days as if a tree limb hits an electric pole? No, it's quite dire actually. And crude things can be done to shut down the grid with these electric pulse mechanisms and so forth. And that's what we wanted to talk about. That's what I wanted to talk about with you this Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Pacific on Life, Liberty, and Levin. Now, you're not going to read this in the paper. You're not going to read this on websites. But when you look at overall audience at 10 p.m. on Sunday, we have been number one over CNN and MSNBC, I think I've done this for a month and a half maybe, every single program, every single program. And again, that's thanks to you. And again, people underestimate you, and they underestimate my show. I have people, not at Fox, but other people say, you know, you really need to get angry, you really need to get passionate, you really got to do this, you really got to do that. And these are people who've never done anything. I told you from day one, and I'm going to commit to this for you, that this show is going to be different. It's a one-hour program, which means there's, what, 40, 42, 43 minutes of actual programming. And we're going to take our time. We're in no rush. And we're going to sit down with one guest, mostly, maximum two, but mostly one, on a topic that is crucially important or with an individual who makes huge contributions. Some of them you'll know, some of them you won't know. Many of you have never heard of Peter Pry, but after you watch the program, you're going to wonder why. And that's the, you know, the excitement of this program. It's got an incredible entertainment value. It's, it's solidly substantive. That's why the liberal media can't attack it. It's, wow, there they are arguing. Nobody's arguing. Now, you might say, why aren't you having any liberals on this program? Well, Mr. Producer will tell you, we can't get them. But if we do, I'll let you know. Certainly not hiding from them. I'd love nothing more than to have Bernie Sanders on my program or Elizabeth Warren. These are the hardcore leftists. And to have a discussion, not a fight, a discussion about their philosopher kings and what we think. That'll happen one day. It just takes time. We've just just begun. All right, folks, we'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Now, these memos, these Comey memos, which so much were made of the Comey memos, and all they do is damn Comey. And the Justice Department sat on these memos for a year. Fought the release of these memos under FOIA requests for a year. Why? Why? Because they benefit Trump? There's a nice, uh, concise uh, review of this over there at the Daily Wire. And they say, what do we know about these memos? Number one, we know that Comey leaked the memos to prompt a special counsel in the first place. After Comey's firing, he leaked the memos to a close friend so the press would see them, intending to prompt a special counsel investigation into his firing. And by the way, now that we've seen these memos, why would they prompt a special counsel investigation? The theory was that the memos showed that Comey was hot on Trump's trail on the Russia investigation and that Trump fired Comey in order to obstruct justice. Now, I'll say this too. If the president had not fired Comey, ladies and gentlemen, he'd still be over there doing his stuff. The president deserves a big thank you for firing Comey. Comey told the Senate Intelligence Committee in June 2017, quote, I asked a friend of mine to share the content of the memo with a reporter. I didn't do it myself for a variety of reasons, but I asked him to because I thought that might prompt the appointment of a special counsel. But there's nothing in the memos that suggests Trump was actually attempting to obstruct justice. It shouldn't have prompted the appointment of anyone for anything. Number two, the letter from the Department of Justice to Congress suggests portions of the memo were classified. Comey said he hadn't broken the law by showing the memos to a third party because they were unclassified personal recollections. But the letter from the Department of Justice to Congress, with the memos attached, states, Therefore, pursuant to your request, we're providing the request of memoranda in both redacted and unredacted formats for your convenience. The unredacted documents are classified. And we will provide those in a separate secure transmittal to the House Security Office tomorrow. Now, this suggests that Comey was wrong about the level of classification the memos required, meaning he could have broken the law. And now, as you know, the newest news today is he's now under investigation for the same Inspector General's office. Number three, on the Comey memos, the Department of Justice seemingly fibbed about the importance of the memos. The Department of Justice refused to turn over the memos when requested under the Freedom of Information Act. They claim the release of the memos would interfere with the Mueller investigation. There's nothing in the memos that seems to suggest this is true. And if it were true, why would the DOJ now release the memos to Congress knowing full well that they would be leaked within minutes? Number four, the memos do not suggest obstruction. Upon the release of the memos, Representatives Devin Nunes... Bob Goodlatte and Trey Gowdy, chairman of three relevant committees, rightly tore into Comey. 
They stated that the memos, quote, show the president made clear he wanted allegations of collusion, coordination, and conspiracy between his campaign and Russia fully investigated. Furthermore, the memos demonstrate that Trump did not want the Russia election interference investigation ended. But the suggestion that he engaged in lewd personal conduct. And as the congressman point out, the memos also show former Director Comey never wrote that he felt obstructed or threatened. Never. Number five on the Comey memos. Comey held Trump to a different standard than Obama officials. Comey has stated that he interfered in the Hillary Clinton email investigation in an unprecedented way because he felt the Attorney General Loretta Lynch had undercut the credibility of the Department of Justice. But he never wrote contemporaneous memos about that. He reserved that for Trump. As the congressman point out, he chose not to memorialize conversations where President Obama, <coughs> excuse me, with President Obama or Attorney General Lynch Secretary Clinton or Andrew McCabe or others. But he immediately began to memorialize conversations with President Trump. And these memos also lay bare the notion that former Director Comey is not motivated by animus, which he clearly is. Comey also never bothered to try to launch a special counsel investigation against Lynch and Clinton. Finally, number six. Comey defended McCabe repeatedly. Comey repeatedly defended his deputy FBI director, Andrew McCabe, from attacks by President Trump and said that McCabe was professional. Now McCabe may be indicted for criminal activity, for leaking material to the press. Without Comey's permission or say so, at least according to Comey. The Comey memos don't help Comey's case. In fact, they hurt it rather badly. They don't show us anything we didn't already know, but they undercut the case that Comey was being pressured in any serious fashion by Trump. Trump isn't wrong when he tweets. James Comey memos just out and show clearly that there was no collusion and no obstruction. Also, he leaked classified information. Wow, will the hitch, witch hunt continue? Uh, Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro. And in this regard, James Comey going on and on about what a great guy McCabe is in these memos. Here's what Comey said about McCabe on MSLSD yesterday to Rachel Maddow. And may I say this, Mr. Producer? It's my understanding that the Sean Hannity show beat the Maddow show last night. Did you know this? That's my understanding. Do you know who was on that show last night? Me. All right. Cut three. Go. While you were director of the FBI, he was your deputy. Was there clarity under your leadership about talking to the press, about the issue of leaks, about who could authorize people to discuss things with reporters? I think so. There were two people who could authorize disclosures, the director and the deputy director. So Andy had the authority to speak to the media and to authorize communications with the media. Do you think he improperly spoke to the media in that capacity then? I don't know for sure. I know that um, he didn't tell me about it, didn't ask me about it before he did it. I think the, the Inspector General's report is right in that respect, and I would have expected that. But I think he had the authority to do that. And I think if he were here, he might say, well, I didn't need to talk to the boss because I had the authority to do that. Mm-hmm. And 
that's a hard one because given all that was going on at that point in time, I would have expected him to talk to me. But I think as a matter of rule, he had the authority. Hmm. Hmm. So now we have uh, McCabe and Comey at loggerheads. And uh, we have Loretta Lynch and Comey at loggerheads. It looks like the rats are jumping the ship, doesn't it, Mr. Producer? Looks like the rats are jumping the ship. They're pointing to each other. This is what happens when you have a den of thieves, in this case, a den of lies, where people are trying to get their story straight and they've been caught. Now, here's something I think is important to, to notice, to underscore. None of these people have been caught by Robert Mueller. Let me repeat. None of these people have been caught by Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller's chasing fantasies. Now, he's hurting people along the way. He's not really accomplishing anything. In fact, let's think about this for a minute. What exactly has Robert Mueller accomplished? Other than destroying one life after another. And in the case of Manafort, getting involved in a case that really belongs with the Justice Department and not with the special counsel. But look what he's done to Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, who I still like. I don't talk to him or anything, but I still like him. Because I think he was set up. As I think Trump's been set up. But what has he done? What has Mueller accomplished? Absolutely nothing. You got some phony indictments of Russians who aren't even in the country. And if you don't have them in person, there's nothing you can do about it. Then you got some false statement charges. Then you have him trying to destroy Paul Manafort because he wants Paul Manafort to give him Trump. But Paul Manafort has nothing to give on Trump. Pretty amazing. So the real corruption, the real corruption has been uncovered in part by the Inspector General of the Justice Department who does not have the power to conduct a criminal investigation and others and others including some serious intrepid reporters not the mainstream media they're not serious and they're not intrepid they're drunk on their own stupidity but the real corruption the ingrained, entrenched corruption at the highest levels of the FBI. They weren't discovered by Mr. Mueller. Mr. Mueller's in bed with these people. Mr. Mueller and Mr. Comey are best friends. And so I have a question for Mr. Mueller. Now that your best friend, one of your key witnesses, Mr. Comey, has demonstrated himself to be a serial liar, an egomaniac, a narcissist, What are you going to do about it? Is he still going to be your key witness in one case or another? When you go after obstruction on Donald Trump? Obstruction on Donald Trump. Can somebody please tell me what the hell Donald Trump has obstructed? What has he obstructed? He doesn't like his attorney general. He's still there. He doesn't like his deputy attorney general. He's still there. He can't stand Mueller. He's still there. What's he obstructed? They went after... Michael Flynn, even though the president objected to it, they went after him. The president didn't obstruct anything. They go after his kids. They go after his son-in-law. They go after his daughter. 
Has he obstructed anything? What's he obstructed? Has he destroyed documents? Has he erased emails? Not a damn thing. Obstruction of justice. Obstruction of justice. What obstruction of justice? Exactly. Then you have these idiots in the Senate, for the most part. Goober Lindsey Graham. I think we should pass a law to protect Mueller. I think we should pass a law to get you the hell off TV. I'm so sick of seeing you, to be perfectly honest with it. How do you get so dumb and you can be a United States senator? Well, that's a dumb question. They're all over the place. Of course, I say that with all due respect to Lindsay. He's always so profound. Whether it's immigration, so far, he's leader of the pack. Trump clearly obstructed justice. I want to give you an idea how sick this is. How sick some of these leftist goons really are. This is, uh, let's see, which one should I pick out? This guy, Ed Markey from Massachusetts. I never could stand this fool when he was a congressman. And so, of course, the liberals of Massachusetts give him a, a job increase to a senator. But then again, they elected Kennedy after Chappaquiddick. So what can I say? Here he is. Here he is on the memos. Cut 10, go. These documents just further flesh out uh, this intense effort, which Donald Trump has had right from the beginning of his presidency to try to sweep the entire Russia investigation under Listen to me, you moron. He didn't sweep anything under the rug. In fact, he told Comey, in essence, go get him. Go ahead. If somebody in my administration or my campaign did something wrong, go get him. That's what the damn memo says. Is this guy illiterate? No, he's a liberal. Then we have Tom Udall, Democrat in New, Mo- New Mexico. Cut 11, go. Well, my, my major takeaway is that uh, yeah, President what is- Trump has been involved in, in a very extensive inf- effort to influence uh, what's been going on with the Mueller investigation. How so? How so? By, by calling uh, a, a fastball to the head, a fastball to the head, by trying to defend himself, by trying to defend his administration? There's no extensive effort to do anything, you idiot. Go ahead. Obviously, a very important investigation to the country because of the Russian... No, it's not an important investigation to the country. It's not important at all. We already know about Russian interference. There was no collusion. What's the important investigation? Well, you know... uh... And you don't want to know about real Russian collusion. Tom Udall, Ed Markey, they don't talk about Hillary Clinton and the DNC colluding with the Russians. Why is that? Go ahead. Our election, there's a big question as to whether or not the Trump campaign uh, was involved uh, in uh, the collusion. Yeah, the no, there's not collusion. a big question about that. None whatsoever. No, there's nothing. Zero, zippo. No question whatsoever. Congratulations, New Mexico. You elected a complete knucklehead. I'll be right back. Much. Love in. You know, I think this 
Pompeo has the ability to be one of our great secretaries of state. I really do. I watched how he dealt with the attacks during his confirmation hearings. He was really good. I think he's a man of great courage and principle, too. And very intelligent. And I don't think he'll be fooled by the North Koreans or the Iranians. Or the Liberal Democrats, for that matter. But the Democrats are, for the most part, lining up against him. We may pick off one, two, or three Democrats. And you know why they're lining up against him? Because he doesn't agree with them on gay marriage. He doesn't agree with them on LGBT and whatever issues and so forth and so on. He's not pro-abortion. He's pro-life. None of which really has anything to do with the Secretary of State position. But here's the deal. Nominee after nominee under Chuck Schumer and his band of merry morons. Nominee after nominee. They reject or they delay. Because they refuse to embrace the left's agenda. Have you ever heard anything so stupid in your life? So the President of the United States is supposed to pick a Secretary of State nominee who rejects his election. A Secretary of State nominee who's a liberal. A Secretary of State nominee who will sell out the country just like Obama's Secretaries of State sold out the country. Now how stupid is that? What if the Democrats controlled the United States Senate? What if they had 52, 54, 56 seats? The president would never be able to get anybody confirmed. Is that the way it's supposed to be? Of course not. He's picking his advisors. He's picking his cabinet. Pompeo, I don't know the man. I've never talked to him in my life, but he's outstanding. And by the way, shame on Rand Paul. Shame on Rand Paul. Rand Paul needs to do a little bit of homework. Pre-World War II. A little bit of studying. I'll be right back. This is the nation's town hall meeting. And you can join in at 877-381-3811. Hillary Clinton said in an interview, they were never going to let me be president. Did you hear this one, Rich? They were never going to let me be president. I'm going to say something that may sound rude, but I mean it in actually a very compassionate way. I think Hillary needs psychological help. She cannot get over this. She cannot believe she lost to Donald Trump. It's embarrassing. It's humiliating to watch her. And I say this as a conservative. I take no joy in the fact that she's having some kind of a nervous breakdown in front of the whole nation, in front of the whole world. She needs psychological help. They need to get that professor out of Yale Law School who was busy commenting on Donald Trump from a thousand miles away to comment on Hillary Clinton and get her help. Hillary is sounding deranged to me. And I say that with a heavy heart. Hillary sounds deranged to me. More than normal is what I mean. More than than she normally is. 
she's starting to actually sound like Rachel Maddow. And there's an idea, actually. Maybe they should give Hillary Clinton a show on MSLSD. I have the perfect spot for her. When the morning schmo doesn't show up for work, they can put Hillary Clinton in there. Can you imagine how wonderful that would be? Hillary Clinton and Mika Brzezinski, if that is her name. Mika. Now, Mika may not know this, but most parents, when they name a lady or a daughter, female baby, Mika, means they really wanted a boy, Mr. Producer. Did you know this? Because they were set on a boy named Mike. And then they have a girl. So they said, all right, look, you don't have a Mike, we'll call her Mika. And so you have Mika Brzezinski. But anyway, I really do think Hillary needs some some help, some assistance. She's not going to get it from the big the big jerk uh, BJ Bill Jefferson. He's busy, you know. He's busy chasing. Uh, anyway, uh, legal Zoom. I hope you listen to this. This is really very cool and very important. It's a fact. Attorneys are expensive. You're likely to pay around $300 an hour if you're lucky. That's just one reason why smart business owners turn to LegalZoom. Now, keep listening because you don't know what I'm going to say. Over 2 million Americans have used LegalZoom to start their businesses with LLCs and corporation and more. Here's what I want to say. Even after your business is set up, LegalZoom can still help. They have thoroughly expanded their offerings. Lease agreements, changing tax laws, contract reviews are all part of running your own business, right? But they're precisely the kinds of legal hurdles that take time and effort away from growing your business. So LegalZoom created their business legal plan. And with their business legal plan, you get legal advice for your business from vetted independent attorneys and tax professionals available in every state. Plus, you get access to NDAs, lease agreements, and a lot more. The best part, best part, you won't get charged by the hour because LegalZoom isn't a law firm, even though you're going to have vetted independent professional attorneys and tax advisors. Instead, you just pay one low upfront price. That's it. So check out their business legal plan at LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom.com. Get special savings when you enter Levin at checkout. So check it right now. That's LegalZoom.com. Enter Levin, L-E-V-I-N, at checkout. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. LegalZoom.com. Let's continue, shall we? Let's see. Let us go to Don, our buddy Don, Lake Ron Kankama, the great hey. WABC. Go. Hey, Mark. Uh, great to talk to you again. And uh, let me also congratulate you on your nomination to the National Radio Hall of Fame. Thank you. Yeah, Very I mean, much. I was one of your first callers in uh, 2002 to your Sunday show, and I've been with you ever since. You really have, Don. You're the man, baby. You yeah. really are a very nice man. Well, it's not surprising. You have the love of history, conservatism, uh, 
the Constitution, and you'll love those who protect us, and it all resonates across the country. So congratulations you. to you. Listen, Thank last you. night, uh, Sean, um, Mark, you were on Sean Hannity's show, and you, you talked about the Nixon and Clinton memos. Mm-hmm. And it stated emphatically that those memos to the DOJ, a sitting president cannot be indicted, excuse mm-hmm. me, cannot be indicted because it undermines the executive branch. Mm-hmm. Now we have the DNC. They want to uh, have another lawsuit. What is this cause? I, I think the DNC I, I, here, Don, has really blown it. Uh, and people have heard me because they're spreading the word. And in particular, I think now uh, uh, when the... Trump and his people in the RNC, I suppose, uh, conduct discovery. Uh, they're going to want to dig into, I hope, at least they'll make a fighting effort to dig into Fusion GPS, the Hillary Clinton campaign, and the DNC, and what they did, in fact, fund uh, the collusion with the, uh, with the Russians. Because, you see, in a civil case, there's some weaknesses compared to a criminal case. There's some strengths. Mm-hmm. You can actually go places in a civil suit that you can't necessarily go in a criminal suit and vice versa. Right. And in this case, in terms of discovery, I think it's pretty wide open. Now, the other side will fight it every step of the way, but so what? Yep. I, I think the DNC the- will rue the day. I just, I just get so aggravated over the money and time wasted, the money that could have been spent on our VA administration, wounded warriors, and mm-hmm. border control agents, and building the wall. Now what about the president's time? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's dealing with serious issues. He only has so much time in the day. And uh, the Democrats won't take no for an answer until they take him out. That's their goal. Yeah, look at the time the talk radio is spent on it. But exactly. Spent, you know. Mark, All right, Don. Appreciate your call, buddy. God bless. And we have to spend time on it. We cannot allow this kind of uh, systemic, historic uh, political abuse to take place without focusing on it. Let us go to Emil. Emil, sorry. Fort Lauderdale, Florida, on iHeartRadio. How are you? Hey, Mark. I'm doing great. Thank you for taking my call. You got it. I, I wish Congress appreciated you as much as uh, your listeners <laughs> do and uh, listen to your wisdom. You know, just uh, to get back to Mueller and Comey, uh, Mueller is there to keep Hillary out of jail. Okay, and Mueller hand-selected his lawyers. They're kind of like pit bulls, you know, and they harass Trump's nominees, and they send people to the poorhouse, right? Mm-hmm. Now, now you're Mueller, right. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You're right. Yep. Now, right now, Mueller knows he's safe because Congress doesn't care for Trump. Congress is looking for a reason, so we're at a stalemate, if you think about it, you know, and I don't think Congress is going to do anything anytime soon. But they have a very short attention span. You know, as long as they write the laws, it's always going to turn into a bureaucracy mess. So, All right, um, my friend. I appreciate your call. just want to get in as many as I can here before we have to part ways. Anna, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. I just want to say that Comey was very revealing when he said he wasn't going to be sneaky, wasn't a weasel. And, that and yet he's sneaky and a weasel, isn't he? He, yeah, well, he was very revealing. It's it, and what I draw a correlation to is like I've had people before you meet them for the first time. They say, "Hey, well, I'm a Christian." And anybody who says that to me when I first meet them, I'm very leery of them. Well, some felt, people are though. 
Well, I'm just, I know, but usually real Christians don't tell people they're Christians. Well, come on now. I, I can't speak to that. Um, well, I just think you should show people that you are, but I think that uh, Comey was very um, revealing. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Comey? I think he's a sleaze. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Thank you for your call, my friend. Yes, Mr. Producer, here it is. Last night's cable TV wars, the primetime slot, the primest of the prime, 9 p.m. Eastern. Did Hannity defeat Maddow? No, he crushed Maddow. And number three was Laura Ingram. So all this boycotting of Laura Ingram. Her audience has grown. Ooh, do tell. So the two out of the three top slots in prime time last night went to Fox. Rachel Maddow came in second. And didn't she have Jim Comey on, Mr. Producer? Oh, she had, what a get, that Jim Comey. Wow, she got Jim Comey. Yeah, well, she didn't get me. I was on Hannity, so there you go. You know, it's time to give your bathroom the cleaning it deserves. Get rid of all the junk that's lying around. Freshen it up with high-quality products from Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need to look, smell, and feel your best. Razor, shea butter, shampoo, body wash, toothpaste, everything. I get an amazing high-quality shave using my Dollar Shave Club executive razor. When you see me on TV, you can see that, right? Mark, you have a beard. I don't have a full beard. I'm not playing baseball like these guys with these full beards. And by the way, their Dr. Carver Shea Butter is fantastic. It goes on clear, so you can actually see where you're shaving. And since DSC delivers everything to you, you don't have to set foot in a store wandering the aisles hunting for razors, shampoo, body wash, toothpaste, none of it. Clean up your bathroom and your morning routine. Join Dollar Shave Club today for just $5. And for just $5, with free shipping, you'll get the six-blade executive razor plus trial sizes of, of shea butter and body cleanser. It's Friday night. It's the perfect time to do this. And then keep the blades coming for a few bucks more a month. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. It's that simple. Just try it. Seriously. dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, just a reminder, this Sunday night when you're winding down, I've got a special show just for you. All you Levinites out there, everybody listening to me right now, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, and all times in between and around, you know where you live. Sunday night, if you'll bookmark that somewhere or DVR it or watch it live, it's even better. Uh, I think you're going to be very impressed with this program. So uh, I hope you'll check it out. Uh, that is uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin. Life, Liberty, and Levin on the Fox News Channel, 10 p.m. Sunday, 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, tell your friends, tell your family, we are, we are doing great. And that's thanks to you, and we're going to continue to work very hard to bring you excellent programming. Carla, Rogersville, Alabama, quickly, Sirius Satellite, go. 
Oh, hey, Mark. Oh, it's such an honor to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. How are you? Good. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Um, yeah, I was telling your call screener about the uh, Comey memos that came out, and I practically was on the road all day today listening to different news channels, and they were saying how or why that the Republicans were so desperate to get them out and why they would do that, because it hurts Donald Trump, which I don't agree with. Uh, why they, clear, they, they clearly do not hurt Donald Trump. Why are they saying it? Because they're liars. They're liars. Just because somebody's a journalist doesn't mean they're not a liar. Just because somebody's reading news on radio or TV doesn't mean they're not a liar. They're liars. I've read these memos. And if I thought there was something in there that's concerning, trust me, I would tell you and we'd have to deal with it. There is nothing concerning in these memos, except if your name is James Comey. Nothing. Well, I agree with that. And the idea that they had the nation sitting on the end collectively, all of us, on the edge of our chairs, wondering what's in the memos. Oh, my God, what's going to come in the memos? And then this? All right, my friend, you take care. Nice to hear from you. And I don't know where Rogersville, Alabama is, and I know Alabama quite well, actually. All right, ladies and gentlemen, every Friday, America, because if I don't do it, nobody else will. And it's in honor of you, my beloved audience. Here we go.
weekend begins right now. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. And good night, Zelda. Get Al-Qaeda. Get the Taliban. Get Hezbollah. Get ISIS. Get all those bastards. And I'll see you on Sunday. Don't miss us. Life, liberty, and live in. Have a great weekend.